So our text today from Isaiah 61, starting at the 10th verse. I will greatly rejoice in my Lord. My whole being shall exalt my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. The Lord has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory and you shall be called by a new name. That the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. And a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And then from Luke comes the story of Jesus after his birth. He has had his eighth day naming ceremony. And now... Mary is coming for her purification ritual, her mikvah bath, and interesting things happen in the temple. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. Before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed So that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword shall pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage... 
then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At the moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Friends, here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Today easily could be a time to talk about honoring your elders. Simeon and Anna were very old people. It says in the text that Anna was 84 years old, that she had been widowed only after seven years with her husband. So it's possible that she had been widowed at about age 21 was now 84. She'd lived a long time being in the temple, holy and righteous, devout, and waiting for the consolation of Israel, the time when the Messiah would return and would take Israel as his own. Simeon, too, was old, It doesn't say in the text that he lived at the temple, but he spent great deals of time there, and he was known to be a righteous man. And Simeon does this thing, and you know this thing happened. Laura, you're going to get this, okay? You're going to walk into a room with a baby, and people are going to go, Oh, baby! And you are going to become invisible. That's what people do a lot of times when you have a new baby. You know, they're so excited about the baby that they forget that there are parents attached to that baby. And not only that, Simeon's an old man and he comes and he takes this baby from his mother. I worked at Babies R Us for a long time. There were mothers who would readily give over their babies. And there was one mother, I went like this to the child. I didn't touch her. Just looked and said, oh, aren't you cute? She said, don't touch my baby. I I, I didn't touch her. People have different kind of hang-ups about that. Like, do you just give your baby over to some old man? Well, they did. And Anna and Simeon go crazy praising God over this child. Well, that could be the end of the story, too. Let's just praise God over the end of the, over the glory that is Jesus, the Christ, born on Christmas. We continue to celebrate today. Note that 
We've already heard songs from several of the major characters. We're only in the second chapter, but several of the major characters in Luke have already sung songs to God. Zechariah sings a song to God when he knows that John will be born. Mary sings a song to God called the Magnificat when she knows Jesus will be born. Simeon sings a song to God. Nunc dimitas, timitis in Latin, which I didn't pronounce correctly, but that's okay. You hear this at funerals. It's the very last thing we say at funerals. My eyes have seen the, your glory, the glory of the consolation of Israel. Now, O oh Lord, let your servant depart in peace. I got to tell you, this is an awful lot of pressure to put on a 48-day baby. He's going to save Israel. He's going to save the world. He's going to be the, the Messiah, the long-awaited one. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Look at all that God has given us. This is a 48-day baby. Very little one. Very little one, and a child shall lead us, you know. But the interesting thing to me about this text is that it says in this text that Mary and Joseph experience all this, they hear all this, they see all this, they know that people have taken their son and said that he will be the Messiah, they're praising God. For Jesus. And Mary and Joseph, it says in the text, don't really understand what's going on. They don't get it. How can they not get it? I mean, I get it. It's a little baby, but how can they not get it? They've both had angels come to them and tell them what's happening. And yet they miss it. They miss it. It's hard to fathom that a baby will grow and be the Messiah. But you know, here's the thing about the incarnation, about God putting on human flesh and becoming just like us. That means that God takes on the vulnerability of human beings to the point of being a 48 day old baby born and put in an animal trough born to a mother who's walking 90, day, 90 miles when she's 8 months pregnant this human flesh is very very vulnerable 
And yet God in Jesus chose to take it on for our sakes. You know, the infant mortality rate in Jesus' time was astronomical. It was something absurd like only 18% of babies born lived to be two years old. The odds were that the Messiah wouldn't live. And beyond that, eventually he gets Herod chasing him and trying to kill all the kids his age. Jesus should have been wiped out before he even started. And Simeon and Anna are there to remind us, oh no, even though he's just a baby, vulnerable human flesh, he is the Messiah. And eventually that vulnerable human flesh will suffer for us great pains and die for us so that we may live forgiven and freed. Praise God, yes, for the Messiah of the world who brings us great things. And great joy. But who did it in a way that's hard to understand. And hard to live. Worth every moment. Thanks be to God. Amen.